Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair. We've been waiting just for you. Welcome to Encouragement Cafe. I'm Luann Prater. And I'm Rachel Olson. And we gather around this table every week, and we ask you, what's on your mind? What do you want to talk about? Because Honestly, if we were in your hometown, we would grab you, take you to the coffee shop, and this is exactly what we would do. We would sit around and talk and share life. So we want to give you that chance every week to do that. And this week, Rachel, I think going big or going home is what we're talking about, only it's from a different angle. Would you kind of highlight what we're going to talk about today? Sure. You hear the phrase all the time, go big or go home. And, you know, my personality is the type that can get very uh, excited with a, with a pep talk encouraging me to go big or go home. It's like, yes, yes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go big. I'm going to take the cliff. I'm going to, um, you know, win the game. I'm going to collect the spoils. And here we go. But you know what? Honestly, there are other days in my life, Lou, where I just am like, I don't, I, I want to go home. I don't want to go big. I want to go home. <laughs> I want to bake some cookies, and that's really all I want to do today. <laughs> so I don't know if you can relate to that. You know, there, there. I have my my go big moments, and then I definitely have my can I just go home now moments. Um, oh but, yeah. You know, but I feel like the world is so often pushing us to to go big, you know, to to play a bigger game, you know, to uh, move to a bigger house, get a bigger job, keep climbing that ladder of success, you know, uh, move on up to the deluxe apartment in the sky kind of a thing. <laughs> and there are days when I think, you know, I just want to sit in my recliner right here. Um, A deluxe apartment in the sky would be nice, but I don't feel, I'm not resonating with that. And so then then I sometimes wonder, am I somehow letting God down? Am I somehow not maximizing my time and my gifts? Am I, you know, letting Jesus down? Am I not living my best life now? Well, let me just reassure you, you are never letting Jesus down. First of all, none of us are holding him up, but no, we're not letting him down. God gives us opportunities to do things, but not everyone is supposed to climb that ladder. And it makes me think about Delmas. Delmas is part of our family, my husband's extended family, and don't even ask me how we're related to Delmas. But Delmas (laughs) just, he's like a cousin twice removed somewhere down the line. But Delmas and Minnie, we always saw at the reunions, and they were hardworking people. And Minnie passed away last year, and Delmas, I think, lost his his desire af- to live after that. I mean, he's a great guy, but Delmas just passed away last week. And he lived in Kentucky, and Delmas uh, drove a bulldozer and pushed dirt around his entire life. He would, he had a dump truck and he would haul gravel for people or he would, you know, haul dirt for folks and he would push the dirt around. And they were just, they were common as an old shoe and many would make uh, beautiful quilts 
and her home was just filled with all these quilts and she sat around just making quilts and they would do for others. They, they would just always be content to just live a simple life. Well, at his funeral and visitation, the line went on for hours and hours and hours. They said at that funeral home, they had never had that many people come through the line ever in the history of the funeral home. And he was just a simple guy who pushed dirt around, but he always had a smile on his face and he always had time for you. If you wanted to sit and talk around the the Coke machine over at the grocery store, he'd sit there and he'd talk with you and he'd put his arm around you and he might say a prayer for you. But if he knew your family needed something, he and Minnie would go get you a loaf of bread and some bologna and bring it over to your family. You know, he was always Mm -hmm. just making time to do the what might seem unimportant to a lot of people, but in the end, when you saw how many people, thousands and thousands of people that walked through that line last week, you realize you don't have to go big. You just have to sometimes stay home. I was once asked to preach on a Sunday at a church, and they gave me um, the passage they wanted me to to speak on, and it was a challenging passage to speak on in a way. Uh, and it was a verse that I know I've read through. I've read through First Thessalonians many times, but I had never really parked my mind there. But the the verse I had to teach on was First Thessalonians four. Verse 11, chapter 4, verse 11, and it says, Make it your goal to live a quiet life, minding your own business and working with your hands, just as we instructed you before. Mm. Now, that sounds like a very different picture to me, living a quiet life, minding my own business, and just, you know, working with my own hands. Um that sounds very different than what I often hear, uh, you know, in the world on the internet, which is, you know, put my, you know, warrior boots on there and go out and conquer, uh, conquer the world and be, be boss lady and, and all of that kind of, of stuff. Um, so, yeah, he, he, it sounds like he exemplified First Thessalonians 4.11 to, to live a quiet life and, um, you know, push dirt and, uh, and, and be uh, the embodiment of Jesus. And be content in his life. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was the thing that you could always see with Delmas and Minnie. It was, they were just happy. They were content in the life that God had provided for them. And, and when you read in Philippians, when, when Paul is telling us to be content, there's, there's something to be said for that. And honestly, whatever you're doing, whether you're a mom, whether you are in the workforce, there's always that drive, that push to succeed, to go the next mile, to make your business bigger and bolder. And, and Rachel, even with Encouragement Cafe. I was telling you that I started Encouragement Cafe when they asked if I would do a radio show for women. And it has become something so much more because women wanted to 
meet us. We started having events, and then they wanted to stay connected to us. So we got Facebook, and they wanted to uh, have something to read. So we started doing devotions, and before long, we've got 150, 200 women that are involved on a regular basis with Encouragement Cafe, which is wonderful, but my little thought in my brain of doing a little simple radio show sitting behind the mic talking to my girlfriend Rachel has all of a sudden become so much different. And you find yourself going to board meetings, looking at budgets, doing the things that maybe uh, are the going big part of life. And I never want to miss the being home and baking cookies with you, Rachel. And, you know, sadly, a lot of people, as they try to go big in their profession or in their ministry, um, they do stop going home, right? Not not literally. They go home and go to bed each night. But, you know, many times you hear that the family members are the ones who feel like they never got um never got the the attention or never got the input um, that we tend to pour into our, our careers. So I think that's a definite danger that we, we have to keep an eye on is that we can get so busy building our empires in the world um, that we aren't building up our homes. So definitely a good point. But yeah, sometimes God blesses something and it grows into something bigger than we ever intended. And and sometimes we're out there uh, just trying to hustle and make it grow because we think that's what we're supposed to do because we think that it's always better to be um, bigger. And I, I'm not sure it is. You know, I read this devotion uh, the other week, and this is from Shauna Nequist. I like her writing. She's um, she's done a devotional book called Savor, and I read this devotion. Listen to this, Lou. She's telling a story about her friend Kristen. She said, after my friend Kristen and her husband bought a big fancy house with a big heavy mortgage, she felt trapped in a job that she didn't love in order to pay a mortgage for a home that she didn't exactly love. So they put the house for sale. They moved to a sandy beach island across the bay and left their big fancy city house still for sale. She said they were moving to save their lives and save their marriage and that the loss they took on the house was worth every penny because it let them breathe again and live again. Kristen is my patron saint of changing your life, of not waiting for someone else to rearrange it for you, of not driving a good idea into the ground when it's clear it's not working, of paying close attention to what you want and need and making it happen. Shauna says, I thought of Kristen when I finally said out loud, this is what I want. This is all I want. I want to live near my family in a little house with lots of windows. That's not rocket science, but for her girl who sometimes makes a grocery list uh, too complex, um, I think it's a very big deal. So I, <laughs> I love that, that story of, of the friend who had pushed and worked and gotten the big, fancy, enviable house and realized once she got there, the deluxe apartment in the sky wasn't where she really wanted to be. It was more than she wanted. It was more than she needed. It was more than she could handle. I couldn't agree more. You know, there are so many times when you just kind of get the next bigger house. The next time you buy something, you get a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger. And and pretty soon you are uh, working just to pay the bills. And my husband and I went through that downsizing thing a few years ago. You, 
you get caught in the trap of keeping up with, and maybe it's not the Joneses, but maybe it's just in your own mind what you thought life was going to be. Maybe you were going to have the 2.5 kids and you were going to have that uh, three-bedroom, two-bath house on five acres and you were going to have these things and you have that mental checklist in your mind and that job with the promotions and pretty soon you've got so much that's controlling your life that you fail to take control of it yourself. I think that's something that I've fallen prey to before. I think I've had a checklist or a mental image of what it would mean to make it in quotes or what it would mean to, I guess, feel like I could stop striving. Um, Mm. But, you know, once you get there, sometimes you you still don't stop striving or you have to strive to maintain it. Um, And for some people in in their their natural pace that they work and live and move at, that's okay, you know. But for others, you know, we all live at a different pace. We work at a different pace. And I just think we need to examine that mental checklist we have and sort of ask ask God and ask ourselves, is this really what I want? And can I have permission to want less, to do less, to, to go home sometimes instead of going big? I love that. And you know, when I was a kid, I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, I remember watching my grandma with her apron around her waist with my mom and my aunts in the kitchen And they were baking and laughing and having a great time just being together. And I remember thinking, I want to be that kind of grandma. I can't wait until I'm a little bit uh, chunky like my grandma was. Well, no problem there. I've I've achieved that one. Um, And then to have the little apron and always have a little bit of flour on my nose and my hands because I'm baking something. And I think that gets back to what you were talking about, Rachel. Sometimes I don't want to go big. I want to just go home, be with my grandkids, bake some cookies. And even when we have, you know, our to-do list around our house, like my husband and I, we live on a beautiful lake. And I told him the other day, I said, I wonder if we really enjoy this place as much as we thought we would because we're always striving to keep it up, you know, to mow it, to weed eat it, to to take care of it. Because every time you have more of anything, there's a maintenance level involved in that as well. So whether you've got more in a business, more in your uh, home, whatever your more looks like, sometimes it's nice just to be able to sit back and be content with less. Mm-hmm. You know, one of my favorite passages in the Bible is First um, Timothy six six, which says, "Contentment with godliness is great gain." Mm. If you want gr- the greatest gain that you could possibly get in this life, cultivate godliness and contentment. I love that, and I go back to my husband's family that lives in Kentucky. They're very simple folks, but there is probably not anyone I know that's happier. They really embody contentment. 
they haven't been striving for other things and there's nothing wrong i don't want to i don't want to paint a picture that there's anything wrong with striving because you know a lot of times if you have some bucket list items and you want to go travel and see the world there's nothing wrong with that what we're saying is have you examined yourself and examined what god has in store for you and asked him Lord, you know me from the inside out. You know how you wired me. You know what it will take to make me content. So, Lord, if it is that that apartment in the sky, like the, the old Jefferson's TV show saying, what is it that you have set for me to achieve? You know, we have a friend who produces our show now. His name is Jay. And... For years, Jay had a dream of doing radio. And so Jay has always been involved in radio, but never really had his dreams met until recently. And Jay uh, and I had conversations for years about how he loved music. Now, Jay was built for music. He can tell you anything about the big band era. He can tell you who wrote the song, who produced it, who was supposed to sing the song, but then who actually recorded it. He can tell you anything you want to know about that era of music. And Jay has gone to nursing homes for years and retirement centers and sang Uh, for these folks, and they love him. But he's always felt like, you know, what am I doing? Because in his job, he was selling advertising in radio, which really wasn't his dream. It wasn't what he really thought he was made for. And I said, Jay, what is it? What is it? He said, I really want to learn more about music and maybe even teach it. And I said, so why aren't you? What, what's stopping you? And so he checked into going back to school and he's now at a, a conservatory for music. That's what he's going to get his degree in. And in the meantime, God opened a door for him to actually do a radio show called Simply Timeless that is exactly where his contentment lies. I've never seen him so happy and feeling like he just fit into that niche that God had created him to do his entire life. I love that. He became his own patron saint of Change My yes. Life. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, and, 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 you know, sometimes I think we're afraid to take steps towards our dreams, Again, because we see people who are doing it at a high level, right? We, rarely do we see the people in startup stage. Right. We only see, we only start to notice people when they've reached a certain level of it. They've gone big enough that now they're on on everyone's radar. And so, I think sometimes we're afraid to even start because we don't want to be seen in the beginning stages. Right. 
uh, or because we or because we never see anybody else in beginning stages and we we think that that part shouldn't be necessary you know so we just keep waiting for the massive cruise ship to roll in versus just starting by uh, getting into the rowboat <laughs> and getting out on the water so I love that that he was willing to just you know step out take the next step um, start to start to build the uh, the life that he wanted to live sometimes I think that when we look and we see people in those positions we we see that we would like to have a part of that dream but we really don't need it to be the the apartment in the sky we need uh, God has created us for a different role along those same lines like you were talking about someone who um, had a little diner mm-hmm. and everybody was telling them they should take it big and they should expand and take it across the country but that wasn't their desire they were perfectly content to have a diner in their little hometown and there was nothing wrong with that it's what did God create you to do and what has he called and set in your heart to dream because those are the dreams that God is rooting for us to say, come on and do it. And some people will have the chain and take it across the country, but others just want to be like Delmas and have a sweet little community who knows him by first name. Hmm. Yes, you know, this whole topic, Luann, um, reminds me of a Facebook post that you posted recently where you simply said, my should is missing. S-H-O-U-L-D. My should is missing. Um, Tell me what you were thinking when you wrote that. Well, when my husband was in the hospital for so long and we finally got out and life was starting to feel a little bit normal again, like he was able to walk and talk. and, And I looked around and I knew I should be getting together with the board for Encouragement Cafe. I should be going to the radio station. I should be writing some devotions. I should be out helping mow the yard. I should be cleaning my house. I should be doing some laundry. And I looked at my husband, who has been fighting for his life, and now was sitting across from me with a cup of coffee on the screen porch. And I thought... I, w- I don't want my should right now. I want to be sitting here with my l- love of my life, enjoying this gentle breeze, sipping on a cup of coffee, and I don't want to think about one should that I should be doing. And I think in that moment, you, you should not worry about your should. <laughs> um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think, you know, there are times in our lives when our should is missing, and that's okay. Sometimes your should should be missing. Um, and some of us have more should than others, uh, <laughs> you know? And some of us try to put shoulds on other people. Yes. You know, we say, we, we may even tell our kids you should be doing this, or our friends, you should be doing that. And I think that a lot of times we hurt people by telling them what they should be doing. 
Exactly. Yep, I teach in, in, in a college, as you know, and I have teenagers, and there's a lot of should going on about you um, You should major in this, or you should get into this really fancy, big, expensive, prestigious school. And, you know, it's not for everyone. And so um, I think we have to give people permission to go big if that's what they're um, called to do. But I also think we should give people permission to go home if that's what their heart's desire is. I couldn't agree with you more. And today, I hope that you have uh, leaned in and heard our hearts on this topic. It's go big or go home. But we are not saying if you can't go big, then why bother? That's not it at all. We're saying, what has God wired you to do? Whatever it is, ask him to reveal it to you so that you can give it all you've got, whether it's going big or whether it's staying home and doing your contented life right there. May the God of hope give you the courage to encourage others. Thanks for joining us today at Encouragement Cafe with Luann and friends, where women gather, friends laugh, and hearts mend. Let's continue our conversation. Hop online when you get a chance to sit down and breathe at encouragementcafe.com. Remember, this is God's ministry, so we ask for your prayers as we reach out to women in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here next week where we fill you up one cup at a time.